The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Well, hello there, party partners, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It's radio's finest hour of power. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are always your personal growth success coaches here with you on the airwaves every week. We have a fantastic lineup for you today. Last week we talked about the uh, SAG Awards, and of course now we know the outcome. So in our first segment, Heather and I are going to talk about... The impact of movie award shows, the Golden Globes, the SAG Awards, the Oscars, the Emmys, and what they all have in common besides the glamour, the glitz, and and the garb. And then in segment two, we're going to speak to a very terrific young adult author who has just written a book called Miss Fortune Cookie. And it is just so much fun. Lauren Bjorkman will be with us for that. And it just really explores the... The insides of the teenage years and what goes on in high school, really, really terrific. And then in our third second segment, Jane Amelia Larson, an actress who was struggling to make ends meet, became a personal chauffeur for the royal family of Saudi Arabia. It's called Driving the Saudis, and what you'll hear will be rather shocking. It is, uh, it's also a fantastic read, and it makes me realize that I don't care about millions of dollars. I just want my freedom, <laughs> and I want to be me. Well, the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information, call 925-377-STAR or visit starstyleproductions.com. And this is from John F. Kennedy. The highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. Hmm. Well... Like, yeah, I like that a lot. Is you know, so many people they give a lot of uh, they get a, give a lot of tongue flap. I call it, but their actions don't speak for what their words say. So it's so much better 
to be to be the great person as opposed to talk about being the great person. Well, before, Heather, we get to all the award shows, I just want to say what a fabulous engagement party you had I last know. week. I wanted to give a big thank you to the wonderful party thrower, Miss Cynthia Bryan. That was last weekend. We had the joy of having our first engagement party uh, in Northern California and had a huge turnout of all our friends and family that are in um, the Northern California area, and it was just wonderful. Thank you so much. We're still on the on the high of just a wonderful, wonderful party. And we're all exhausted. I think it's going to take me two to three weeks to get the house back in order. <laughs> there were so many people. I literally had to move furniture and empty closets and all the decor and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I currently have kitchens and dining rooms just filled with glasses and plates and I have no idea where anything goes. It's going to take forever but it was fabulous and I think the best part besides seeing how joyful you and your fiance were were was the movie. I loved yeah, making the movie. Yeah, an amazing video. It was really yeah, special. The video really captured your life and so it is with that that's exciting because what many people don't know is that the first time that I actually met him Heather's fiance as her boyfriend was when he and she picked me up at the airport with swift me took me to the hairstylist and makeup artist and got me ready to go to walk the red carpet for my own a big show and movie that I was in called Tapping the Source. And I thought that any guy that can sit through having, you know, a girlfriend's mother have her hair done or makeup done, then get all dressed up and escort her to uh, <laughs> to a red carpet event <laughs> the very first time has to be a keeper, and he is. So with that, let's talk, Heather, about what is it that these award shows all have in common I really feel that that what people watch today and the way that we dress, the way we think, the way we act, what we support, what causes, etc., the things that we mimic, all have to do with the many award shows and the movies and the stars that are up for them. So let's talk about the different award shows, and we probably should announce who won the SAG Awards as well. Well, if you have the total recap of the SAG Award, I do not have that. I do. We did watch it on Sunday. Um, But something I just want to kind of tap into, we're getting ready for all the various award shows. Um, You know, next up is, you know, the ever-so-current Academy Awards. And and basically, the Academy Awards, as do all award shows, um, it's just kind of basically encouraging um, excellence in filmmaking through a, a variety of range of categories, not just the acting, but the directing, the screenwriting, um, makeup, costumes, lighting. You know, there's so many um, awards that are not telecast, probably because people would not know, you know, who, you know, best sound director or, you know, best editing was. Some people, uh, that doesn't appeal to them, but, but those are the stuff that they, people are honored with um, awards, not just at the Academy Awards, but a, a right. range of all various Right, and they do wardrobe, they do wardrobe, and they do uh, animated film. I will just give a quick recap of what the 19th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards gave out recently. Argo was a recipient of Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture, and what's different from 
the Screen Actors Guild and the Oscars is where the Oscars and the Golden Globes give a Best Picture Award. Screen Actors gives the Best Performance by a cast. So it doesn't really award Best Picture, but awards it to the acting, which I think is really great. Uh, outstanding Performance by a Male Actor went to Daniel Day-Lewis for portraying Lincoln. And Jennifer Lawrence, that we both loved, for Silver Linings Playbook, playing uh, Tiffany, the, the crazy girl. An outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role went to Tommy Lee Jones. And again, everyone was really spectacular. And a female role was Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables. Uh, yeah, an ensemble, an outstanding performance for an ensemble in a drama series went to Danton Abbey, which everyone raves about. And a comedy series, once again, it's Modern Family. And outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series, again, Brian Cranston for Breaking Bad. And a female actor in a drama series. This, I think, was um, was great because she was new, uh, Claire Danes for Homeland. Yeah, and, well, I mean, I, she's not necessarily, she's by no means a new actress. No, um, but I mean, this was a new... You know, I remember watching new, my so-called life about 20 years ago. <laughs> right, exactly. New, the show is new. The show but, is new, one, so that was great. One thing, you know, I think was really great is, you know, a lot of times people start, you know, wonder why, why is it, you know, we have so many different shows, or so many awards, and there's so many international, you know, the BAFTA, there's there's so many things that honor um, television, film, all these kind of things. And I think, you know, something that, that we probably don't really look at it from the outside perspective, but we really are um, a country that celebrates the arts, in essence, that, you know, theater performance and theater that now has become, you know, mainstream more of film and television is more, uh, I would say, more appreciated than perhaps the actual theater, but theater and acting in itself. Um, we're a country that this is one of the oldest forms of entertainment that you know, this has always been around, and even to the Shakespearean. And a lot, we, we have such a society built on um, our television, on our show, on this form of entertainment. I mean, this is what models the clothes we wear. We're fascinated by these people's lives. We give extremely high salaries to it. Uh, so I was kind of thinking, you know, we have all these awards that, it's interesting that a lot of times there are terrible shows and not movies that are done very well. You know, you watch it and you're like, God, this is the worst acting I've ever seen. But there are always those standout things within the year, and that's what the Academy Awards really not really mentions those standout um, films, those things that everything, you know, the sound was right, the lighting was perfect, the wardrobe made sense, you know, the music really helped carry the story. Um, that's what the, that is. It's like all things in life that, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I never, they're not acting to win awards, but everyone wants to win. Everyone, that's the ultimate goal is to say that something you did was prize worthy. Of course, um, you know, no matter what anybody says, it really feels good when you get an accolade for something you've worked hard to do. Exactly. And, uh, and you, know, you know, a lot of times people wonder, well, how does this get voted on? So, you know, as we know, with the Golden, Gro- Golden Globes, it's uh, with the foreign press. It's, so that's why, you know, sometimes people that are not even nominated in the Academy Awards are nominated. It's a larger um, spectrum. With the Screen Actors Guild, as we know, it's all voting. It's all members who are members, whether they're actors, screenwriters, directors, part of the Guild, um, SAG and after now, now that they're joined as one unit. But then there's a totally different than, um, you know, who gets to vote, what is exactly the voting for, um, excuse me, for the Academy Awards. 
um, something that I thought was really interesting about it, because what it is is it's all members' dues um, for this, you know, it's a, it's a board of members, these privileged group, and something that people outside of the acting world may not be aware of it, but in the acting world there's a thing called the player's directory, where you have, um, actor, you know, you pay to have your headshot, your information saying what agent you're listed under in this directory, that that goes out to um, different agencies and different ads so that they can kind of have this catalog of all the different actors. Well, what, the money that they make from that, that actually helps go towards um, paying tor- for the Screen Actors Guild, or sorry, Screen Actors Guild, excuse me, for the Academy Awards, which I thought that was a really interesting and where is this funding coming from? And the sole purpose um, of the Academy, um, what they have seven purposes, and this is what I thought would be interesting. So what they're, the whole Academy's purpose is, is one is to advance the arts and sciences of motion pictures, two, to foster cooperation among creative leaders in cultural, educational, and technological progress, three, to recognize outstanding achievements, four, um, to show technical research and improvement in the methods of equipment, Five is to provide a common form of meeting ground in various branches of the craft. Six is to present the viewpoint of um, actors and creators in the motion pictures. And seven, to foster um, educational activities between the professional community and the public at large. And that's really, you know, what I'm saying is that there's so many beautiful films that are in it, but there's also, it isn't just about the actors. It's about everything that goes into it, which I think a lot of times those are the unsung heroes. A lot of people, when we watch a film, um, I know I have a terrible tendency because of, of having the wonderful experience to getting to work in film and getting to be on set and seeing, you know, sort of what happens behind the curtain, you know, how what keeps this machine running. I oftentimes, when I watch the film, I'm not just watching the acting. I definitely am. But I'm looking at it and I'm saying, you know, why would they use those clothes or the lighting isn't good or the sound is this or, you know, those were really, you know, it was interesting that they chose this kind of music or, you know, I, I think this, I don't understand why this character would say those words. I get caught up in kind of Or you watch the continuity goes, where it's like dark in one scene and then it's light in the other and you're like, uh-oh, that was shot a different day. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, it's interesting a lot of times if you start really watching something. I, I took a, a class, um, a film class in college, and it really was amazing to see I never had looked at every little nitty gritty thing and, and that's what I think a lot of people don't think of what the editor's purpose is and the sound directors and um, the colorists you know the people that make exactly that make everything make sense and that's what I mean it's such an honor um, these are again these people that really make everything come together and so this is a chance a lot of these awards are not aired um, you usually see it right before it goes to commercial break or they'll just casually mention earlier Today, you know, so and so was mentioned, and they list serve all the the technical awards, which are so great awards, and really, um, again, so many movies that might not have been nominated for the main things, but were nominated for these smaller categories. Or you hear, um, I believe, Life of Pi. It might be it's either Argo or Life of Pi. I think is nominated for eleven in the category, or some a large amount. Um, but there, a lot of them are for. You know, most of the things that people weren't even aware of, um, and I, I just think it's. it's wonderful in that these um, awards will give this chance 
to show, you know, this is what, um, you know, that we're not just accolading, you know, the amazing actors, but as well as all the technological. And I think our, our society, our, our schooling, and so much stuff has become community, computer animation and directing. I think it's, you know, it's no longer uh, such a pipe dream that these are actual you know, majors in college and that people go to private schools, you know, specialty schools for, um, for film and television making. Um, I, I've just been blown away when I was just reading, you know, all this thing. And then again, something that's great, kind of speaking on the smaller level, is the Sundance Film Festival, which actually wrapped up, I believe, just two weeks ago. Uh, which that is on the smaller level, is all these amazing, a lot of times it's these, these actors and directors, um, that in a few years, you know, become the next big name, but it's, you know, the But it's changed, you know, it's really changed over the years, and we're actually out of town, out of time now. But Sundance started with absolutely total unknowns, but now it's actually become a pretty much a celebrity hangout in a lot of the films. Now it's the cool, now. Yes, right. Although it's really, you know, it's independent films and differently made, now it's populated by big stars who are willing to work for Peanuts to make kind of an art film. Whereas, so I really miss the days of these incredible films where people were totally discovered. But great segment on the award show. And for all of you, I'm sure you're watching them and you can read about them and all the different magazines. And for most of the women out there, we love watching what everybody is wearing. And it is really, having been there and done that, it is challenging to know what to wear to an award show. So, Heather, give out the website. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about Miss Fortune Cookie. Fate will come looking for you, so don't bother hiding. Lauren Bjorkman, author, will be with us on Star Style. Be the star you are. Don't you go away. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are the star. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You'll find all you need in a life. Well, aren't you glad you stayed with us? You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth expert and avid book reader. This program is brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are Literacy Charity. Visit btsya.org and make a generous donation today. Well, have you ever wondered what it's like to write an advice column? You ever kind of fantasize about that? Do the fortunes and the fortune cookies really come true? Lauren Bjorkman has written a tantalizing young adult novel, Miss Fortune Cookie. It's the story of Erin, an Irish girl with a Chinese heart, living in San Francisco's Chinatown. And she really, really would like to be Chinese or more Chinese. So she writes an advice blog, Miss Fortune Cookie, although she does it anonymously so that her classmates don't know. The author is Lauren Bjorkman. This is her second book, and she's with us now. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you so much for having me, Cynthia. You have an amazing program here. Well, thank you. Thank you. We love this show, and hopefully everyone around the world loves it as much as we do. I really I loved your book. But first of all, I love that, you know, the, the multi, multicultural aspect of it. Also, you've placed it in San Francisco, the, the town where I am from, and um, it also Chinatown, which is really, really great. Give us a little bit of your background, because... You're not Chinese, although you studied Mandarin, and you have really captured what it's like to be here in Chinatown in San Francisco and to be a teenager. Well, thank you. I um, I was born in Palo Alto, so I think of San Francisco as my backyard, and I have quite a bit of family there and spent weekends there as a child. Um, but I also moved onto a sailboat when I was young. So I traveled the world with my family and lived in mainly Latin America where I got this, you know, got what it felt like to be um, a minority, I guess, in a community. And so I, I really wanted to write a story where someone wasn't quite at home in their own home. Well, I think what's so amazing about it is had you not really identified Erin as not being Chinese, a reader would think she's Chinese because she just, she feels it. She breathes it. And the, her knowledge of Confucius was just so amazing in the way she wrote her fortunes. Had you studied the sayings of Confucius? I did. I, um, I was interested in Chinese culture from an early age for whatever reason and took Chinese history in high school, which was an amazing offering there at Palo Alto High. But then I met someone who's... Um, Swedish, 
And when I was 17, I fell in love, and I ended up marrying this sweet man who um, had a passion for Chinese, has a passion for Chinese culture. So he, he, uh, you know, he lit the fire there. I already had the interest, but he got me studying the language and taking more classes and hanging out in Chinatown and reading the philosophy books and so on. Well, didn't you take your honeymoon in China? Did, didn't I understand that's what you did? We did, yes. Right, right. We had to speak Chinese somewhere. (laughs) That is, that's very exciting. Well, let's talk about your characters and what went on because, you know, you're, this is, uh, I mean, although it is considered young adult fiction, it's such an entertaining book that everyone would really enjoy it. Again, our author is Lauren Bjorkman that we're speaking with and her new book is Miss Fortune Cookie. And who doesn't love opening fortune cookies? And who doesn't hope that when we get a fortune, that it really is something that's true and how often we change cookies with somebody until we get the fortune that we want. (laughs) (laughs) But you really captured these, the friendships of these girls and and some of the past hurts that they had been in, where Erin had been slighted in eighth grade when her so-called best friend didn't invite her to a sleepover. What was your inspiration for these things? I mean, had you had something like this happen? Did you talk with young girls? How did it come about? Um, I certainly was inspired by events in my own life, and... I'm a I like a consummate little sister. I have little sister syndrome. I think when um you know someone would give us paper dolls and mine were pink and hers were orange, I'd think, "Oh, orange is a sophisticated color and pink is so, you know, passé or something." So I I could really I wanted to I didn't start out with this, but I I felt like Aaron had this feeling of uh Maybe she didn't realize her own worth in her friendships. And I think that was a reflection of my own life where I didn't feel I felt like I was everyone's little sister, even with my girlfriends my age. So that was true. And then um, I did have a situation, not um, the same situation. The story is completely fictional. But I had a, a close friend who who shut me out of her life because she... She really wanted to get close to someone else, and it hurt my feelings a lot. So that I drew on that for inspiration, too. Well, and I think what you drew on is so typical of uh, teenagers, specifically teenage girls, and it's very hurtful. And very often, the person who's, who is the perpetrator doesn't even realize they're really being hurtful. And I like the way in your book is that it all comes out and, you know, amends are made and, and forgiveness is given and, you know, the, the I'm sorry's are said. But one thing that I thought very fascinating because through Be the Star You Are charity, I work with uh, young people. And a great majority of um, the people that I work with are of Asian descent and many Chinese. And what's really interesting, our very first uh, a teen director uh, who was Asian, she was accepted to Harvard. Mm-hmm. And her sister, her sister is going now to Stanford. <laughs> That's so funny. I thought it was really interesting, the emphasis in the Chinese culture 
on how important it is to get into the number one college. And number four just isn't good enough. And family, you know, an honor to family before all else. So, you know, the, the, the boyfriend scenario and the, and the falling in love, what you put in there was just all so real for me. I just really felt that you captured what really happens in the lives of these young Chinese-American girls because they want to honor their families, but at the same time, they are American girls. Exactly. It is a real conflict, I think. And I I grew up in a non-Asian household, and yet um, my father had certain, I guess, uh, sensibilities that were that way. Or expectations. He He did. He had very high expectations of me, and... And he he was very encouraging too, and it was American in many ways. But he did expected me to do really well in school, no goofing off, no getting in trouble. And although he was not pushing for a number one university, he he expected me to be able to take care of myself and have a career where I could support myself and so on. I mean, it's it's wonderful on the one hand, but it is pressure. It really is a, it's a lot of pressure for, for families, for girls to do that because I guess I feel now that I, I'm a parent too and I, I see this war that goes on inside me where I want my kids to succeed too, but I see that they have to go out and explore things and take risks and make mistakes. And that's one of the beauties of the American culture is that that's permitted. So what I was wondering here, and Lauren, was May's mom, she was just, say, was so traditional and so with her culture, she really, even her name, you know, having the name Xu Fang, she frightened me. <laughs> she was really, she was a scary character. Is uh, And that seems to be, that was sort of like, you know, the dragon mom, but yet she had a heart of gold because she does want what's best for her daughter. Had you met many people like this? Um, not so much. I She really is a, a product of my imagination, although I feel that um, there is something about the tough love that's amazing, that that is beautiful, too. And so I didn't want to diminish her and make her just an evil symbol, but rather someone who who had so much passion around. I, I guess maybe I have met people like that. And they're often single parents because single parents have a very hard job of being both the mother and the father and providing the income and the support and trying to do it all. And so I think that sometimes they can be extra fierce when it comes to their children. And yet, you know, it's coming from this place of great love. Well, you also, you had you had so much intrigue. Let's get back to the actual title of the book, Misfortune Cookie. Again, we are speaking with author Lauren Bjorkman, and her book is Misfortune Cookie. And this is just a delightful romp through San Francisco in the teenage years at Lowell High School. Her website is laurenbjorkman.com, and I just wanted to give that out now, and we'll give it out again at the end of the segment, but for people to go and look at what she's done because 
not only has she written this book, but she has written uh, another book, My Invented Life, and uh, that's another one that you should pick up. In Mandarin, um, I don't exactly know how to uh, – is it just wei that means hot and now means noisy? So you put them together, so hot and noisy actually means fun. Yes, I know. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I loved it. I loved that. I love that that you can put those two words together, and you know, and that the you know that the hot noisy. I, I think I'm going to start using that hot noisy. I think that's just was was terrific. But let's talk about the fortune cookie part because what was so fun about the book is that Erin is writing this advice column. And nobody knows that she is Miss Fortune Cookie, but she's getting quite popular at doing it. And, in fact, she's even considering that this could be her career. So this was something that I really enjoyed, that you came up with this whole idea of of incorporating that Fortune Cookie, uh, you know, advice column with it. Tell us a little bit about that background. Okay, well, I am actually terrified of giving advice. I tend to keep my mouth shut when I should probably give my opinion. And I really like the idea of someone getting into hot water with the advice they give. People are usually pretty free about giving advice to me. Like um, when I fell in love at 17, a friend, best friend's parent told me I was absolutely crazy and I should dump him before I went to college so that I could have a great time. And uh, thankfully, I didn't listen to her because now I've been married for a while. It's been very nice. Yeah, well, you, know, you know, and I'm sure that also influenced your characters there when they're trying to debate, is a long-distance relationship going to work? Can we make it work and go to college and still have a boyfriend? Because obviously you did it. Right, right. So that comes from my real life. But I, I still am hesitant to give advice. So in a way, writing a book is a chance to be someone you aren't, and that would be someone who's uh, comfortable giving advice. Uh, and I, I like the idea of sort of the moral dilemma. The story ended up being more about Erin and her journey to discover her own power and in her relationships. And my editor calls it the power of love. That that's more what the story is about, but it's in in doing that she had to f- feel secure in her own voice, which she didn't, um, you know, dare do. Well, and you have lots of little turns and twists and life morals, I think, within it. You know, for example, when she meets the the cigarette Willie and and he walks her home and what happens with her mom and you know. All of these things, and each chapter begins with like a fortune cookie thought. A sweet, sour, bitter, pungent, all must be tasted. Did you come up with these, uh, these, you know, the chapter titles, just you know, with Chinese information, or were you actually reading fortune cookies and got the idea? That's a very I, good I question. I, I have an enormous collection, not at all organized in a binder, but rather just in this loose bowl. And uh, that was a starting place. But then I, I did a lot of research for this book on the Internet, and I found um, many websites that had where people posted unusual fortune cookies or meaningful fortune cookies. So I got ideas there. Hello? 
Yes. Oh, no, okay. I, sorry, I just hear I the music in the background. And then, and then the final thing was, I, I, I really enjoy Chinese writing. The the philosophers, the the um, the proverbs, the ghost stories, the whole everything. So I went through books of Chinese proverbs and listed phrases that I then manipulated to make them into chapter headings. And one thing I was going to add to that is I, I, this is very subtle, but I was having Aaron transform from a more Confucian philosophy, which is very dutiful and um, honoring and respecting and so on, to a more Taoist point of view, where, where it's a greater, I guess, appreciation of life's mysteries. And and I think what that what was so key is how she be, she gained her confidence because what she finally realized is as she was giving advice to her friends and her her friends' parents and all the different people, what she was distributing was really sound and caring and filled with integrity. Right, she was she was someone who who could um, see other people's lives more clearly than she could see her own. So the bottom line was, is Lauren, is that what you did with all the characters is they all come into their own. And through the help of the Miss Fortune Cookie and the column, everyone actually realizes their own power. And I thought that was a very important uh, aspect of the book. For, so for me, it had like a moral compass to it. Well, thank you. I, I, I feel like uh, in this climate of book writing, sometimes I can get a, a critique or a ding for having an uplifting story or too happy of an ending. But I, um, I am an optimistic person, and I feel gratitude every day for the good things in my life, and I want to bring that uh, happiness to my stories. And you did, and you did, and... And I also want to tell the readers of the book is that uh, in the very back of the book, she has a pronunciation and translation guide for all the Chinese words, which is really, really helpful. And I was also uh, glad that you actually used some true events, you know, interspersed throughout the book when when you used the um, the the Baptist church that had that. Um, that picket at Lowell High School and how they handled it. And they handled it with such care and such such um, aplomb. You know, it, I thought that was very, very refreshing and inspirational because it was a very adult way to handle a very negative, discriminatory kind of uh, protest. So uh, it's just a terrific book. A Misfortune Cookie is just fantastic, and I really want to uh, advise people to pick up a copy. Go to Lauren's website, laurenbjorkman.com, and check out what she's got going. And she just has such a terrific sense of humor, too. And, um, and she, you know, I love it that you love all these Zs. I think Z is a... My maiden name has two Z's in it, and I was always the most proud of that, Lauren. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Yes, and if people come to my website now, I'm having a contest where anyone can be an advice columnist for a day. They get a chance to oh, answer how, some letters. How fun is that? That just sounds awesome. That, okay, so be an advice columnist for a day. Go to laurenbjorkman.com. 
com. And Lauren, thank you so much for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Again, the name of the book, Misfortune Cookie, and the author, Lauren Bjorkman. Thanks, Lauren, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Cynthia. Oh, it was really fun. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be back in a bit with Driving the Saudis. We're going to another part of the world. Stay with me. The star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Be the star you are. You are the up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you so much for staying with me. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and listen. This program is brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are, Charity, so visit btsya.org. Well, the Brian Tracy's laws of stratospheric success certainly have not applied to many of the richest people in the world. Sometimes people can have lots of money or tons of it, and they can be unstoppable, but they're not always filled with kindness or empathy or integrity or generosity, and sometimes they have a sense of entitlement. When the Saudi royal family vacationed in Los Angeles, they hired Jane Amelia Larson, who was an actress uh, struggling to make ends meet 
to be their personal chauffeur. Of course, she could only drive the woman. And she'd heard incredible stories about very generous gratuities and thought, hey, well, you know what? This could work, so let's take a shot at it. She's written a fascinating book, Driving the Saudis, a chauffeur's tale of the world's richest princesses, plus their servants, nannies, and one royal hairdresser. Welcome, Jane, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Oh, thank you so much, Cynthia. I'm very happy, very happy to be on your show. Well, thank you for coming. You are obviously, Jane, a self-determined, self-dedicated woman and someone who cares a lot, and you also care about doing a great job in whatever it is you're doing. Although, as we probably both know, the world doesn't always give us what we deserve. It gives us what we ask for. I cannot even imagine how exhausted you must have felt after seven weeks of being at the beck and call 24-7 of the Saudis who demanded everything. And it seemed to me like there wasn't much given in return. I guess at least yeah. you got your one-woman show, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Well, I, actually, if you, if, you, if you take the long review, I did do a one-person show that, that won an award, and then I wrote a non-fiction book that's now a bestseller. So I guess in, the way, right. in, in, in a way it worked. Um, that's but, exactly right. Yeah, but at the time, for sure, uh, because I was on the job 24-7, seven days a week for seven weeks straight, and I averaged 16, 17, 18 hours a day, every day. Uh, it was a really long, hard haul. And, uh, and it's not something that I was really prepared for. I knew the days would be long, but I had no idea that they would be like that. And I had no idea that it would be so immensely demanding and that my own life would be just completely put on, the, put on hold. Um, uh, as to describe in the book, I couldn't even pick up my dry cleaning. I, I, I couldn't, you know, there was no way for me to eat. Sometimes I didn't eat for hours and hours on end because you're just working, working, working. And when you work for a family um, uh, like that, um, a royal family uh, that is accustomed to having people at their beck and call, they just assumed that I was there for them, and that was the end of it. There was no question. And by the way, if I had not been available, if I did not answer my phone, I would have been fired. That was understood. In the first couple of, of weeks of the job, uh, chauffeurs were fired left and right for not even for, for for just things like not not picking up the phone fast enough. Or it seems like you say, you know, if they looked at somebody the wrong way, is that these people just seem? I mean. I, I know you wrote the book with compassion and caring, but I just I just had this horrible feeling how they had they had no empathy or caring for other human beings. But they only it was all about their pleasure and all about them, and they yes. didn't even look at you. Yes, that's absolutely true. Although I, I do have to say that I did witness a lot of of, of care, regard, and love for their families and for their friends and their cousins. But for the people that worked for them, even the intimate servants that had worked for them for years, uh, I really didn't see that there was a lot of regard or consideration in, in, in any way, at least not what, what I was accustomed to seeing here in this country. And I've certainly worked in situations where where I, I worked for wealthy people or worked with wealthy people who have staff, but uh, the, the, the staff have lives. I think one of the, the major reasons why this is, this is true 
is because actually Saudi Arabia did not abolish slavery until the 1960s. So, right, and these people were like slaves to them. I mean, they take yeah. away their passports. I was appalled. Yeah, I and and I didn't feel that there was any conscious cruelty on their part. Not not from any of the people that that I met. It, it was just a lack of regard that they they. But now they always made sure that everybody was fed and, and you know things like that. Especially me. They took for some reason they took a, a lot of care in making sure that I would join them for meals. But what I would have liked to have somebody say is, you look exhausted. You don't have to join us for dinner if you want. Why don't you just go home? And right, that, right, right, that never happened. That never happened. Um, and, 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 uh, and I saw for the, the staff that worked for them, a lot of them were young girls from North Africa, um, and also the Philippines. And those girls worked like dogs. And these were young girls. They worked around the clock. And all of their... You have uh, an amazing scene in your book where you went to the servants' area in the hotel and the room was dark. The door was open and the room was darkened. And there were like seven girls. They were sleeping on cots, like taking a nap because the royal family was eating or shopping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was shocking to you because here they had a full suite for their tea set. That would cost them thousands of dollars a day, but yet the servants, they were crammed seven in a room. Yeah, I, I found that just astounding. And, and I didn't, even though I spent a lot of times in the hotel rooms, in the various hotel rooms, and as the only female chauffeur, I did have access to the women's rooms in a way that the, the men uh, never did and never would have. So I got to be really rather intimate with, with a lot of the, the servants, uh, especially, and, um, and a couple of the princesses, the younger princesses. And, when I that what what really struck me in that moment is that all these girls had no private life. They had no they had no privacy whatsoever. And even if they loved spending time together, there they were crammed into this hotel suite, all jammed up together. And the tea set that they used to serve the princess and her entourage had its very own hotel room. And yeah, it's uh, just unbelievable. Also, you know what I found unbelievable is how the United States government, and you know, from the police to the to the armed forces, that they just kowtow to the Saudis. So you yeah. have this parade of cars that could run red lights. You had that obnoxious hairstylist from uh, was he Tunisian, North yes. Africa, whatever, yes, and that would just tell you. You know, he just wanted to be driven to Palm Springs in, in the middle of rush hour, and he would tell you to tell everyone to get off the road, as if, you know, he was the most important thing because he had to go gambling. I, I don't know. You are such a kind person. I, I wouldn't have lasted 20 minutes. I would have been so upset with all this. And well, you I know, really commend you. I just have to say this one thing of commending you, that one thing you did when the girls wanted to jam into the convertible and drive up and down the strip, and you finally put your foot down, even though the Americans didn't do anything, that was whoopee! Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, I, I think that what happened at the beginning is that I was so desperate for the job. I was so desperate for the money. I thought, you know, just keep your head down, do what you need to do, and uh, you can get through this. I think I'll, I'm, sure, I'm sure that your your listeners can identify with this. We've all had jobs or we've been in situations where you just have to do what you have to do and you just try to try to muscle through it or power through it. And um, except you I, thought you were going to get a lot more money than you did. What they gave you, probably because you were a woman, that was just a pittance. You know, I mean, you could have worked a few hours on a set. Um, yeah, I and made it. I would have been crying. I, I, it was like dangling that carrot in front of you, and yeah, the fact that yeah. you know, did weren't you tempted to call immigrations and say, hey, they've taken their passports? I guess nothing would have been done because they must be protected in some way. Yeah, you know, I, I since since the uh, the event, I've asked people about this, and the uh, the truth is is that this the Saudi royal family has um, a, a very nice ride here. They, Because of the, the relationship that the United States government has with Saudi Arabia and our dependency on oil, and also the fact that it, if you think about it, this Saudi royal family came in and spent a lot of money in Beverly Hills, a lot of money. Well, and that's all that plastic so, surgery and all those shopping sprees. That's right. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. Day to day, hundreds of thousands. So, so, uh, really, in a way, they're, they're investing in Beverly Hills. They're, they, it's, it's extremely profitable for the stores, the merchants. And I found that, uh, that's part of the reason why it seemed to me that, that the, the, that our entourage, even when we were driving six or seven, uh, cars in a caravan, through the middle of Beverly Hills at 60 miles an hour, we were impenetrable. The police didn't bother us. We 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 could go anywhere we wanted to go. I, I never saw anybody stopped or or I never saw anybody warned with a ticket or anything. We just we cruised around as if we were part of the State Department. We were not part of the State Department. This is just a, a family out spending money at, at Jimmy Choo's and then going to the to to Pinkberry at three in the morning. So. That was really odd to me, but I saw that it's a washing of hands. That um, and and I and that 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 really landed home with me, as I describe in the book. The one night that I was actually called to intercede with the Beverly Hills Police Department because they thought that there uh, were trucks, uh, uh, truck bombs planted um, just off of Wilshire Boulevard. And when I explained to them. Yeah, and when I explained to them, this is in in the early hours of the morning. This is after the family had arrived, and they were actually cargo trucks that were needed for their their suitcases and their their all the the things they bring with them. Because they bring an amazing amount of stuff with them, even though they also buy a lot and and then send all that home. So these cargo trucks were uh, emptied, and they were parked, and they were waiting to be delivered to the rental agency the, the following um, Monday morning. But somebody had seen them in the neighborhood and grown suspicious, so they called the police, and then I was asked to, to, to go and intervene. When I got there and I explained who I was, and it was, it was just cargo trucks for the Saudi royal family, the whole tone of the event changed, and the sergeant on duty offered his assistance and the assistance of the Beverly Hills Police Department. He knew exactly who I was talking about. He knew about these visits, and he was happy to help, and, and he offered the help of his staff. 
amazing. Well, we are unfortunately, Jane, out of time, and we could spend a whole hour on this book. But I am so thrilled that you won Best Solo Show at the New York Fringe International yes. Festival for Driving the Studies. Congratulations. Congratulations on the book being a bestseller. And, I, you know, it's just, I'm so thrilled for you because you got so screwed by the Saudis that I was so angry <laughs> that I just, I'm really happy that you were able to turn lemons into delicious lemonade. And that just I, shows what yeah, character you yeah. are. And, and I really appreciate that that really is in line with your thinking as well. And oh I, I think that, yeah, sometimes if you can make the best of something, you really, it's, you just gotta try. And that sometimes exactly. it works out. Yeah. And you did. Well, everyone, please go to drivingthesaudis.com. The name of the book, Driving the Saudis, the one woman play, best solo show, Driving mm-hmm. the Saudis. And you can see, I, some great videos and get all the backstory at uh, her website, drivingthesaudis.com. Jane Amelia Larson, Jane spelled with a Y, J-A-Y-N-E. And I just wish you such success and in production and acting and more writing. So you have a beautiful, bright future, and I don't think you're going to have to be chauffeur anymore. Oh, thank you. I hope never to be. <laughs> never, never again. Okay. We thank know you, you so are, much. We know you're an excellent driver. Thank you so much, Jane, for being on Star Star, Be the Star You Are. And just keep driving your cute little beach cruiser. That's the way to travel. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you and very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank everyone for being great listeners. You've been listening to Star Style. Be the Star You Are. I'm sorry about a few of the tech issues today, but hopefully... Everyone understands around the world, and we'll make it better. So be with me next week as we celebrate and play in our playground again and go out into the world and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our Power Party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.